When you need to refuel between meetings or running errands, or you just want a healthy snack that squashes your hunger, wonderful pistachios, which come in a variety of flavors and sizes, by the way, are the perfect choice to fill you up and keep you going throughout the day. Wonderful Pistachios is also a good source of protein and a zero-guilt snack. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, guys, which gives you over 10% of your daily value. And with flavors like salt and pepper, sweet chili, and seasoned salt in the shelled variety, options like chili roasted, sea salt, and vinegar or jalapeno lime in the no-shell variety, you're sure to please your taste buds while snacking healthy. So check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. There's a fire starting in my heart, reaching a fever pitch, and it's bringing me out the dark. Well, welcome to the Jillian Michaels and you show. And Janice. Oh, let it be. Just give me, I'm serious. me a bone. People have a petition on Twitter now trying to get you to sign up for an account. Yeah, there's like two people. I'm sure. No, there's not. I told them, though, to get a thousand names and I'll oh, come God. back to you. So now they're actively trying to recruit people to sign up, to get you to sign up on Twitter. And what am I going to do? Just talk about They want to know about you, not no, me. No, they don't. That's the sad thing. It's like a way to get to you. No, it's not. I have a Twitter. Oh, yeah, that's right. They, I responded to her already about it. So it's not about me. I'm actually very accessible to to our audience. Unlike you, who what, just thinks what you're better. What get from me? That, I have nothing to give except oh, here. Oh, well, that's sad. That's just sad. Well, I'm going through a period. Let's start the show. Fine. I'm having fine. a time. I'll start the show. I'm just saying, like, you're, you're, you're consistently letting down your fans. <laughs> you, you are. You're, you're a massive disappointment as a celebrity. <laughs> you are. You're just, you're not there for them. You don't care. It's okay. I care. But I, I care. I care. I'm just, I'm just going through a period. How about the real or the Janice at Twitter? Why do people do that? Why do they put the the in front of their name? Like, because it's like the thing. It makes the them... Charlie Sheen, the Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't, actually don't know if those two do it, but what is the the about? The, the Jillian it's the Michael. Title. I don't do that. I'm just like, no wonder I have no followers. Maybe if I add a the in front of my name, I'd see what happens. Super popular. <laughs> the Jillian Michaels. It's like, yeah, you're right. It's like it announces, and I announce myself. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm kind of a weird. I actually read uh, this article, this creepy article in what the heck was it in? It might have been in Self Magazine, actually. And I couldn't help it. I, I was drawn to it. And it was called When Self-Help Harms. Mm. And I, I mean, I didn't have any. I was like, really? Like, what could this possibly be? And I ended up reading the article and it was really scary. And really, it talks about how to differentiate between, you know, moving forward and taking good advice and learning how to get out of your own way 
versus getting caught up in a a cult-like movement uh, with a guru who essentially acts in irresponsible ways that can literally get you killed. And there's a story about that that I'll tell you in a minute. Or empties out your pocketbooks. Mm. Now, uh, so so there's this guy, I guess James Ray is his name. James Arthur. Yeah, the guy in Arizona. This guy. So this guy has a retreat, right? And he he's grown to um, some notoriety via The Secret. Somehow, I guess he was a big advocate for. And he did the talk show circuit, big time. Right, he, he was on like, Oprah. Yeah, he did the Today Show. He did a ton of stuff. Right. Okay. All right. So this guy starts a retreat in Arizona. Um, and it has all of the uh, kind of signs, the red flags of trouble, which I've learned that I'm going to to tell you about now. But first of all, whenever someone says that you have to recruit other people, get out. That is, that is like, oh, you know what you need to do? There was this thing I remember back in the day when I was a long time ago, when I was in my 20s, early 20s. I had friends that were doing this thing called the forum. Did you ever hear about this? No. They would go to these uh, lectures and these giant auditoriums, and they would have these workshops. And they had to go, though, as part of their exercise, they had to go and recruit other people to join the forum. So it's kind of a like a pyramid scheme to justify their own being there. Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah. I remember at a young age thinking like, "This is bull crap." Like, "Hello," you know. And, and but my friends were young, and a lot of them were actors, which I think <laughs> says it all. And not that I don't love you guys. I do. Actors. But, um, you know, they, they got caught up in this thing. And it was very sort of like, oh, you got to bring a friend. And, you know, this this forum thing. It was like this, this pyramid scheme kind of a thing. So I guess this James Ray guy did the same thing. It was like, you got to bring friends and, you know, recruit friends to the retreat and do your part or whatever. So that's, that's sign number one, FYI. If ever you're getting caught up with a guru or some a self-help guru or something of that nature and they ask you to bring friends, you need to really think twice about that. In fact, I would not attend. I would, I would avoid like a play because that seems to be uh, one of the key signs and indicators of trouble in this area. So anyway, this guy has this retreat in Sedona and he puts people into a sweat lodge. Yeah, it was like the final, it was the final thing of this weekend, I think. Was right, this, the sweat lodge. Yeah, yeah it's like, we're going to go in there, and we're going to sweat the hell out of you, and you're going to, you know, find God, or who knows what. It, you know, we're going to get closer to your spirit God. Who knows what this guy's up to, right? So he puts him in a sweat lodge. Now, it doesn't take a genius, it doesn't take a genius to know that if you sit in a sauna for two hours, you could die. Hello? Mm. And sure enough, he killed this woman, or she died in his sweat lodge. Yes, allegedly. Well, I mean, she she did die, but we. I think I I'm not sure what is with the case right now, so we might want to be careful on what we say. Who no, killed who? Sob <laughs> kept her in a sweat lodge. Yes, and she tried to get out apparently. Yeah, and apparently, if you leave, yeah, you're, you're sh- the, the, nothing sh- works. Your weekend is for yes. naught. Yes, you're shunned. You're yeah. exactly like you didn't complete it. And uh, anyway, by the time the people came out of this thing, they were throwing up. They had heat stroke. They were delirious. This woman died. Uh, and I think you know one of the other really dangerous indicators of uh, a sort of cultish mentality with this is 
Whenever they you you are in one of these workshops and they attempt to keep you up for hours on end or uh, you know ex- oh, ex- complete sleep deprivation yeah, really sleep deprivation um, you know physical exhaustion uh, now I get it because because I will say that on Biggest Loser I used to use fitness to really break them down. But there was no, I wasn't trying to get money out of them after they were broken down. It was like, they would work out, they would feel, we had medics there, we had doctors there, we were being supervised, we were checking, you know, all of their vitals throughout the course of the workout, like blood pressure, uh, blood oxygen, everything. So I, I did used to use that tool to really open them up quick because when you're when you are physically exhausted, all the defenses do come down. You're able to kind of break through those walls real quick. But there's a line. There's a you know, life is not black and white. It's it really is gray. And it's like when you start to get to the more charcoal colors of gray, <laughs> right. you gotta pull out. When someone throws you in a sweat lodge for two hours or keeps you up for three days or, you know, puts you on some insane fast like a lot of these places do, this is dangerous. Please do not participate in this. You should not have to experience deprivation of food, sleep, water. This is not normal. This is not healthy. This is not good. But as a, as a, as a devil's advocate, you've paid for this workshop. You want to participate. You want to change. You're being influenced by this person. How do you say, oh, I'm sorry? You say I, you don't go to begin with. That's the whole point of this segment is like you look at the signs and when you see, you know, you're up for a day, you're you're not eating, you're not. And one of the things these guys, the reason these guys do this is because they get you kind of delirious so that you're extremely impressionable and then they sell you another mm. workshop another product another you know what have you they kind of you you're incredibly impressionable and they um what's the word i'm looking for they sort of indoctrinate you into this cult like mm. uh and by the way people still support this guy that's what's so amazing is he really worked into their brains that even though this this woman died in his workshop there are people that are like James Ray is amazing you know he's he's incredible this guy he whatever he changed he changed my life which is one of the things that I've always said to people I work with I'm like I didn't change your life you changed your life I had nothing to do with it even if it was people that meet me on the street if it's people that come up to me on the street and say oh you changed my life you know I turn around I'm like I never even know who you were until 5 minutes ago I didn't change your life I'm a businesswoman. I wrote a book on weight loss. You changed your life. So they never give their power away because, first of all, they need their power. If they're going to go into life and and accomplish and achieve other things, you have to build up that self-confidence with your own achievements. But if you achieve something and then you give your power away to somebody else, some guru, then you're disempowered again. You're helpless. You're worthless. But the power of the guru is what turned your life around, got you the job, helped you lose 50 pounds. So – when they start, anyway, when you see signs of these workshops where you're being deprived of something, sleep, food, water, walk away. Go the other direction immediately. You know, and I, I talked to my shrink about this, actually, just just with regard to Biggest Loser. And I had said, um, oh, no, 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 that's not true. I, I hadn't slept and I was pissed about something. <laughs> I hadn't slept just in my life. And I was like, I haven't slept. And whenever I haven't slept, I'm just... I'm aggravated, I'm agitated, and he was saying, you know, they used to do studies mm. on people where sleep deprivation would make them just raw, slightly delirious. and Well, you they know, do it to prisoners of war all the time. Right, exa- like, yeah. exactly. Yeah. If you see a program that treats you like a POW, <laughs> go the other way. <laughs> 
other direction, please. And also, if the person that you're looking to for advice starts playing guru or acting like God, again, go the other way. Their job is to provide you with information so that you can empower yourself, make the right choices, and change your own life in the directions that you choose, not the directions that your, quote, guru chooses. Really, really important. So those are two things you need to look out for. Now, another thing that you need to be really careful of is the jargon of, like, this is a one-time offer at these events. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, at the end of these long events, when you're the most go- like the most vulnerable, the gurus offer you like the one time, one time offer to really sort of play on your vulnerability and your level of exhaustion. Uh, avoid again. This is a sign of trouble. So, last thing I want you to look out for is secrecy. Self help should never rely on. Uh, like the the ability to kind of oh this is this is a secret this is uh you know this is this is by only the only the rich people know this information only the oh just us here yeah just us here know gotcha. this the secrecy like that is that is real I mean and the weird thing is I've sort of I've implied that jargon before in a way where it's it's very confusing like with unlimited I'm like these are the tools that self help or, or that super achievers have. But it's not a secret. It's just sometimes people know certain information that you don't know. But when they start implying like conspiracy and secrets and that you got to be real, you got to be real careful of. When you start to hear that, it's like it really plays on a vulnerable mind of somebody who's going through a hard time. Like this is a secret that, that's been kept from you. And now you know and you come into the cult, come into the clan, buy into it. Like. You got to be real, real. Now I'm like, I'm never going to imply. I would be so careful never to imply. Uh, nothing is a secret. There's just information in the world that you may or may not know. It's out there and it's available to the masses. Go get it. So trust your gut. I, I've really gained a lot from self-help gurus and books throughout the years. I have. So again, it's like, I don't want you to to shy away. In fact, um, Unlimited is is a self-help book that I, I wrote over 20 years of ingesting various self-help books, listening to self-help gurus, so to speak, whether it's Deepak Chopra or Well, yeah, because the book Ram goes beyond – it goes beyond – it goes beyond health and fitness. It goes into inspiration. Exactly. And it should provide you with tools and techniques to change your life. Common sense stuff, working on communication, uh, you know, exploring and journaling, your, you know, learning to cultivate your passions, like very common sense tools and techniques that you can use to change. But, you know, when they start saying things like, and I do get, again, I get the law of attraction. It does make sense to me. Theoretically, I've talked about it, you know, quantum physics, like we are energy, the universe is energy. If you think something, you can attract it. There's a little bit of that. I mean, sure, it's like I know that if you fixate on something that you you can it affects your your behaviors and your your attitude and you can attract things. But you've got to again, that language is really dangerous because it implies when it's like the law of attraction, it implies that if you got cancer, you asked for it. If you were a rape victim, you asked for it. And also, if you fail at something, they imply you didn't try hard enough. You didn't follow the rules. Instead of teaching people that failure is just an integral part of success, it's a learning process, and how to use failure as an entry point for learning. And again, it's very cult-like. Like, if you read those kinds of books, 
I always hated the secret. I really did. I thought it was the biggest disservice, this disgusting scam. I really hated it. And it was like, oh, if you just think money, it comes. On what planet? And that's dangerous because it breeds entitlement because you start to think, well, I thought money and it should come to me and it didn't come to me. And then you get discouraged. But the reality is we do have the right to be happy and we do deserve uh, success, happiness, health, but we have to earn it. You have the right to work for it and earn it. It doesn't come for free. You don't just think money and it comes. That's why that sort of jargon, it's sure it sells a magic bullet. It sounds really good. You know what? No, you don't have to you don't have to go to college for eight years. No, you don't have to just which, think. Which, you know, all you've got to do. No, you you don't have to spend twelve hours at the office. No, 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 no. No, you don't have to write a business proposal and do your research when you open up a company. Of course not. Just think money and it shows up at your door. That is dangerous, dangerous vernacular. And of course, who doesn't want to believe it? Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing as selling a diet where you don't have to count calories. Same thing. It's promising. uh, It's making a real sexy promise, but without having to do the work. Nobody wants to do the work behind achieving the task at hand or the goal or the dream that's desired. So when you start hearing that language of like the law of attraction and you just think money, there is a power to that. There is a power to your thoughts. I definitely believe it. And there's a power to your energy. You are going to attract uh, the, the things that you feel and the energy you put into the world for various reasons. Again, because it could be affecting your behavior. It could There could be an energetic dynamic to it. But at the end of the day, there's a paradox to that thinking. So, for example, if and I wrote about this in Unlimited. If I'm sitting here thinking, I want McDonald's to go out of business. But, you know, the guy who runs, I can't remember his name, the CEO of McDonald's. Ray right Coke. Isn't that guy dead? Oh, probably. Yeah, he's he dead. dead. Ray Coke. Coke. I was going to say it the other way. No, I think he's dead. I think there's a new guy in charge. Probably ate too much McDonald's. Probably died. So anyway, if I'm sitting here thinking McDonald's goes out of business and this guy is like envisioning millions of people walking through the golden arches to buy his crap Mm. food. Well, one of us is going to lose. So inherently, if you look at the logic behind this thought process, there's a paradox. Both of us cannot win. And that's where you need to really open yourself to co- up to common sense and say, okay, you know, I'm going to put my best intention into the world and I'm going to stay open and see what comes back to me. So I could open up a chain of healthy fast food restaurants. And you know what? Who knows what's going to happen with McDonald's? They might end up taking the money that they make out of these profits and donating it to, to cure cancer. Who, again, you don't know. All you can do is the work that's required to make your dreams come true and stay open. But when they start implying things like, you know, if you fail, you haven't worked the steps or something wrong with you or, you know, you just think these things and they come to you. This not only sets you up for failure, but it can really be demoralizing when you don't succeed. Because once again, you're like, I am crap. I am worthless. Uh, what is wrong with me? I need more of the guru. Self-help is meant to empower you, not disempower you. You need to be the master. You are taking information and you are learning it, cultivating it, practicing it, and becoming a master in your own life. There is no external guru. You can take that information from a teacher and you internalize it and you become your own master. First and foremost, that's what you really need to be mindful of. And then watch out for all those other signs as well. You know, there's before we end this segment, there's yeah. two things I want to say Go to you. Go ahead. Well, the first of all, I think maybe... You know, you said that when people come up to you and say, you changed my life, I think, first of all, you should say, thank you, that's very nice of you to say. 
I don't think you should. I think first of all, just say, "Oh, that's really sweet." However, I believe you changed your life. I, th- I think you should say thank you. I might. I no, I just say thank you. I feel like thank you is like accepting the the notion. I think. Sometimes... Then how about right on, sister? <laughs> right on, sister. Yeah, right on, Woo! sister. That's really cool. Woo! All right, I'll do that. Because you do. You 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 are the impetus to change people's lives. You no, have to accept that I, in yourself. No, I don't see that. Here's what I see. I see that uh, you know. I do what I do for selfish reasons, quite honestly, for many selfish reasons. I do it because I feel help, uh, you know, here's the truth. Psychologically, deep down as a child, I obviously felt very helpless and out of control. And so now you're going this. Yes. Putting this information in the world makes me feel like I'm I'm making a difference. I'm taking the wool by the horns. I'm I'm having an impact. I, I am fighting this. Everything that ever made me feel hopeless and helpless in my life. I am taking it head on. So on a deep psychological level, that's what's happening. It's not because I'm some sort of great, compassionate person. That's what's really driving it. That's what all people like me do. There's a <laughs> like me, like I'm me serious. too. <laughs> there are people like me in the world, and when you really study them, it comes from this pervasive sense of helplessness. It really does. I'm I'm telling you, I've I've done enough therapy to know why I do this the way that I do. And even if it's like, even when I look at the rescuing animals, that's the same thing. You're identifying with that animal. You're identifying with this this creature that is you're seeing as being helpless. And you want to save it. And you want to save it. You're saving this part of yourself. You're identifying. So for whatever reason, I I have manifested this this projection where I, I am projecting my own feelings of helplessness into people that struggle with these various issues. And there's this strange sort of catharsis empathy that happens. And it's me constantly trying to save that part of myself. That's what it is. And... In addition, I'm also a businesswoman. Okay, I, I, I make DVDs, I make books. I this is a business. Well, this then is if how you're, I make if, my living. if it's a business, then you should be you should say be a little nice when people say something nice to you. I say thank you, and I say this book was really important to me. These DVDs yeah, that see, I that's worked nice. really hard on, like that's the nice. stuff that I put in the world, is comes from deep from inside of me. Like I believe it, I I mean it. It's 100% real and authentic to me. But nevertheless. When somebody comes to me and, and it's like, I, you know, you changed my life, I really didn't. I put information in the world for my own selfish reasons. You chose to take the information. You chose to utilize it and put it into practice. It was your choice. You did the work. I didn't do the work. And that's an accomplishment that you need to own because when we look at how people build confidence and how they become empowered – it's by owning their own achievements. You have mm-hmm. to experience the world as half full before you can buy into it. So if you think I'm a loser, I can't do anything, well, the next time you go to take on an accomplishment, you're not going to believe you can do it. You can only achieve what you can buy into in your mind. But if you can't, if you haven't experienced a reality where you've been strong and you've been successful, it's going to be real difficult to go after that goal. So when they achieve these things and they immediately turn around to give their power away to a guru or we'll say in this case, me, then once again, we're back to square one. It didn't accomplish anything because I did it. I changed their life. Mm. And they don't even know me, by the way. This is all their projection of me. So like the people who, the people who love me, they don't know me. In their mind, I'm, I'm this projection of the perfect parent. I'm, I'm the good parent who saved them. And when they hate me, I'm the bad parent. I'm triggering the bad parent in them, which the reality is I'm none of those things. I'm just Jillian. I'm just Jillian Michaels. I'm none of those things. These are all like 
You know, these are things that people put onto you that are not real. So if they give me these attributes of being brave or courageous or being a hero or a guru or all these things, those are the parts of themselves that they haven't internalized yet. So they put them onto me because they're not ready to take on or to accept or to acknowledge all those great parts about themselves. They're not aware of them okay. yet, so they project them onto me. And that's why I immediately disown them. I'm like, I don't need I don't need your accomplishments. I've got good self-esteem. I've been in therapy since I was two, for God's sake, five. But, you know, I don't, I don't need yours. <laughs> three. You keep yours. Three, one, three and a half. <laughs> three and a half. Yeah, I'll have to call my mother and get the exact dates. But, uh, I mean, it's like, I understand. I understand. But just think, think of it as this, too. For them to come to you to say... Thank you. That's an accomplishment for them, for them to even to approach. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I'll think about it. You think about I'll it, and I'll think about it. what you just said to me. I you think about what credit. I say like to when you. They write, when they write me yeah. and they're like, I, you know, I just lost 100 pounds. I'm definitely like, oh, my God, awesome, because it is awesome. Yeah. Or, you know, I left my deadbeat uh, spouse, or I just started my own business, or whatever it might be. Then I, uh, you know, I got a new job, whatever. I'm always like, that's awesome. But when they say like you changed, that's when I like I cut them right off at the at the all right. knees. No, I'm just all right. Yeah. Just saying that we both learned something very important here today. What did I learn? You learned something. You've learned from me sometimes, don't you? You learned that you should go under a, under a tarp with a with a fire under an upside down pool with a fire. I was smart enough not to do that before we started the segment. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Sit in the sauna for five minutes. I'm like, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> I tried to do that Bikram yoga once. I wanted to blow my brains oh, out. Oh, that's not right. See that? Oh, well, by no, the way, stupid. A... We did a segment on that once. Do you remember it? Yeah. It just ripped it. Wait, we, we should do another one because it's crazy. Well, it's it's bad for you. Yeah. 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 We'll do okay, one. We'll do one. Okay. We'll be right back. Sugar. Oh, honey, honey. We're gonna we're gonna make a hard left. You ready? Hold on. All right. Ready? Yeah. We're gonna talk about sugar. It's a big shift. Yeah, big this, but this is good. We yeah. we need to talk about sugar. I think we do. Uh, well, I gotta be honest with you. Kind of gets a bad rap. I'm not saying. Hold on. I'm not saying it's a friggin' health food. It's not. But it's not sugar that kills people. It's too much sugar that's killing people. You know, sugar, it's not, the reality is it's naturally occurring. If you picked an apple off of a tree, that has sugar in it. Right. Okay? There's sugar in the world. The reality is how we're processing it and how much of it we are eating is what is creating or linked to diabetes, fatty liver disease, uh, you know, high triglycerides, all of that. And I, over the weekend, I had some friends over and I had gone out of my way to, to <laughs> uh, say, to get, to get my buddies, uh, these little sprinkles cupcakes, you know? Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, again, it's like I got them these little, these little mini cupcakes and I thought they'd all be so pleased. And <laughs> one of my ungrateful friends goes, <laughs> I've given up sugar. And I was like, oh, good luck with that. Like, we have given up sugar. Don't give up. First of all, it's in everything you eat, give up sugar. But. It's such a blanket statement. It's such a unilateral statement. And it's one that I hear so many people say, I'm giving up sugar. I'm quitting sugar. And it's like, what? First of all, 
I wouldn't want to live in a world without sugar. <laughs> I wouldn't. I just. I don't want to live in this no, world. No, I will give up. I will pack it in because, I mean, I want my occasional treat. I want my daily whatever it might be. And it could be, uh, you know, I get on kicks. I, I like this mm-hmm. one white chocolate right now. It makes me really happy. The organic vanilla white chocolate. It's like this green and blacks. It's heaven. Heaven! I mean, I, I love it. I have that or I have like, you know, I, I, I have these brownies from my cookbook that I'm addicted to. I have those. I have this coconut ice cream that I love. And I, I eat like 300 calories of this stuff a day. I don't live on it. But you can be healthy and incorporate sugar in moderation. Where we get into trouble here is when we're eating copious amounts of sugar and processed sugar, like high fructose corn syrup. That's actually not sugar. It, well, I mean, it, it can turn into glucose, but the reality is that it's it's fructose, high fructose corn syrup. And this is actually a little different than sugar, the way that it's processed. Sugar is metabolized by every cell in the body. Fructose, high fructose corn syrup, is metabolized by the liver and only the liver. That's why they have shown links uh, with regard to fatty liver disease and diabetes, mm. Uh, type 2 diabetes, not type 1, type 2 diabetes when it comes to HFCS. But the reality is that also excess amounts of sugar will have this effect on the body. So here's the thing. Think of it like this. If you're working out and you're eating right and you have you know, a piece of cake or a brownie or whatever it might be and you work it into your calorie allowance and for the most part, you know, you have your veggies, you have your grains, you eat your lean proteins – you're going to be fine. You're going to live. It's not going to kill you. It's okay. And it could be in the form of honey. It could be in the form of maple syrup. And believe it or not, when you look at these uh, forms like like raw honey, raw honey has vitamin B in it. Raw honey has it's, it's, uh, fights disease. It's, mm. it's antiviral. It's antibacterial. It's got amino acids in it. When you look at maple syrup, like, again, not high fructose corn syrup, not the crap that they make. You get the real maple syrup. It has a really high mineral content. It's got a lot of magnesium in it. So when you work these things in in moderation... In their most natural form, whether it's a piece of fruit or some raw honey in your tea or a little bit of maple syrup with your buckwheat waffles or whatever the heck you're, I have the, I'm obsessed with these oh, Nature's buck- Path waffles. <laughs> buckwheat waffles. No, they make these like, they're hemp actually, you should be so happy. They're these little <laughs> hemp waffles are 80 calories a piece and I literally, they are my breakfast every day. Every day I try to have a little egg white with it and I have like... Three waffles with organic berries and a little tablespoon of my maple syrup, and I am in heaven. And I have a little egg white, so I get the protein in there. Heaven. You know how much sugar's in that? But it's not going to kill me. None of it's like high fructose corn syrup. It's not toxic. It's not artificial sweeteners. And I work out, and I work it into my calories. My breakfast is only 400 calories. I do 400 calories for breakfast, 400 calories for lunch, 400 calories for a dinner, and I have about a 300-calorie snack. I, You know, depends. Sometimes I have a little more calories. Sometimes You only have like 400 to- calories for supper? Well, sometimes I have more. It depends on if I worked out that day. Yeah, frankly. yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. If I didn't work out, I try to eat around 1,600. If I worked out, I go up to 2,000. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I, you know, I kind of I, I run the gamut. But, oh, I forgot that I have a treat after dinner. That's where I left. Oh, there. I was going to say. I have my 300 calories of sugar. There's no way I was like, you I do eat more than that. Calories. I, I do. I have a little bit. I do have my treat. I have okay. my treat. Yeah. So I, right. I think that you need to stop demonizing sugar and you need to look at the quality of the sugar that you're putting in your right. body and the quantity of sugar you're putting in your body. You don't need to give up sugar unilaterally. It's not going to work anyway. And I tried that one. But didn't you and I do that? Didn't I make you do that on a show yeah. once? We gave yes. up sugar. I was miserable. 
Yeah, yes, you were. <laughs> we both were. We wanted to chew each other's heads off, and it didn't work. It was like, no, it stopped me. No, it didn't, and it didn't. It didn't work, and didn't kill the craving. You're not no. going to kill the craving. It's not going to happen. So just know that moderation and balance and nat- natural is what you're looking for. And when you look at things like agave, and you go, "What is agave?" Agave still has calories. It just breaks down in the body more slowly than table sugar. It has a lower glycemic index. Nothing wrong with agave. You can also use something called a sugar alcohol, which is um, they have these low calorie sweeteners like xylitol or erythritol. They're natural. Uh, they're not toxic, even though it seems like they should be. Uh, essentially, they're plant based, but their structure goes into your lower intestine undigested. So some of them, not all, xylitol and erythritol are extremely mild, but like maltitol and mannitol are stronger sugar alcohols. They still have some calories, not a lot. They still have some glycemic impact, but very minimal. It's some, it's like 13, whereas like table sugars and 92. Uh, but some of those forms like maltitol and mannitol can go in your lower intestine and kind of disrupt things a little bit because mm. make you a little gassy, a little <laughs> in your pants. Right. So you might... <laughs> Thank you, because I wasn't sure what you were talking talking about before you made the sound i was <laughs> i was thinking i wonder what jillian's talking about gosh i wish she'd explain it more all i need is a sound and then i can follow her oh, God, oh, God. No, but not only did you do it once oh, you had to do it again oh, God, oh, God. i love potty humor i need to get a kid because this is the only person that will relate to me I could do potty humor all day long. Seriously, I'm in tears. It makes me I, so happy. I know. <laughs> no. Anyway. Stop. I'm going to have a peaceful stop. Oh, heaven. Okay. So, you were talking about how yeah. the, 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 the M word. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So sugar alcohols are also an option. Here's what you want to avoid. Always, always, always avoid the Splenda, the the Equal, the mm. Sweet and Low, Aspartame, Sucralose, Saccharin. Uh, very toxic. Stay away. I mean, a cube of sugar is 14 calories. For oh God's sake, God. really? I mean, that's what you're saving to give yourself cancer and your coffee every morning? 14 calories? No. So, Crazy. there. You've heard it here first. Stop acting mm. like sugar's the devil and start being responsible for yourselves. And you know what I noticed that you said? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I can't even Janice, stop. did you I have can't... sugar alcohol today? I can't even. I can't even. How do I explain? No, I was... <laughs> Oh, my God. We have to stop. We have to stop after that sound. That's five times you've done it. It's late. Why are you counting? <laughs> because I like it. <laughs> okay. No, we have to take a look. Uh, let's take a breathe. Let's breathe. You have to regroup, and then we're going to talk to people. And hopefully, you can do it without the sound. Thank you. And good morning. <laughs> What's going on? Jillian. I'm so excited to be talking to you. Oh, thank you. Likewise. Well, first off, just super fast, because I know that we have to keep this short. I just wanted to thank you for being such a good role model and 
You're like the only person that I've ever seen with like a celebrity status I'd ever want to be like. I just love your badass attitude. <laughs> the biggest compliment I ever get is when people say, Gosh, you remind me of Jillian Michaels. I'm like, thanks. Oh, thank you. So thanks for being you. I really appreciate it. You almost walked right into. (laughs) You literally almost walked right. We just did a whole segment about people giving their power away for their accomplishments and and, and how I tee up on off on them. And you you did it. You just were like you were complimentary, but you didn't give your power away. Good for you. You I swear to you, you were you were just pitching it right over the plate for me. I was gonna take a big swing. (laughs) Well, perfect. Thank you, buddy. I I appreciate it very much. So I was calling about, I don't know if Janice had told you or not, my husband, um, he is 43 now, and when he was 39, he had a heart attack. He's 40, how and old, buddy? 43? a big shocker, like, what? At that age, you know. Okay, so wait, I'm sorry, hold on. He was 39 when he had the heart attack. He's 43 now. Yes. Got it. Okay, I'm so sorry, go on. Then a little while. Okay. So obviously, right after he had it, it was like, gung-ho about changing his life, and you know, was working out all the time and eating really good and just doing the whole thing. Okay. Which was great because I have always lived that lifestyle. I work out five, six days a week. Wow. You know, I, I will cook all of his food for him. There's no junk in the house. But then slowly over time, he started just kind of, oh, I'm not going to work out today. I'm tired. And then mm. I can see in his car, because obviously there's no food like that allowed in the house, that he'll go off and, like, secretly eat so I won't know. Mm. And then it just spiraled down to now, <clears throat> now it just lost all of its habits. And I don't know what the best avenue to take. I can tell you what I have done is, A, just be an example you know, like this that's the, one of the best things life. you can do. But, I but yeah. don't let any food in the house. Okay. I will cook and prepare all of his food for him. I will try to work out with him, find activities to do together. Yeah. I've even set him up workout routines. Like if he doesn't want to work out with me, because obviously we're at different fitness levels. Right. But you just can't make someone do something. They have to want it. Can yeah. You tell me how to persuade him. <laughs> okay. Uh, wow. Do you have kids? No, we have um, five dogs instead. Five dogs. <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer because dogs can't dogs. talk. I, I, on losing it, one of the things that I um, ended up resorting to, for better or for worse, was making the parents sit there and listen to their kids. Just mm. talk about how scared they were at night about their their dad dying or or passing away or their mom dying or passing away and how how much stress and anxiety it caused and. It it worked, I'll tell you. It was one of the one of the quickest ways to get through to these parents. Um, now, have you ever sat him down and just like cried and said, "I worry, I worry at night. I I love you. I I I I, I it stresses me out constantly." I have you ever had that kind of dialogue? Just a very emotional, raw like. Not a proactive, this is the plan kind of conversation, because that's very cerebral. You know what I mean? It's I get right. it. You're you're clearly a doer, and especially if you say that people think you're like me, you, you must be a type A crazy person. So because yeah, I am. I am so but there <laughs> there comes a time when a conversation that's a little more from the heart, uh, mm-hmm. where it's just pure emotion. Have you had that that conversation? I guess maybe I just haven't had it deep enough. You know, it's like I'll say things 
you know, like, well, what if you're not here for us? Like, you know, what, you know, I want you to be around. Or, like, his mom isn't doing well, and he was just talking about, gosh, I'm really worried about her. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, exactly, now you know. Like, as worried as you are, that feeling, that's exactly how I feel about you. And, and I was he... hoping that would, you know, but I guess maybe I need to. I don't think, did you say it in that tone? Like, in the, right. in the way you just said it to me? Right. I mean, there's there's a there's a real difference in literally breaking into tears and saying something from an emotional place with emotion of like, I don't think you get it. I lose sleep every day. I this is my nightmare thinking about living my life without you. I where you just literally like if you are have you ever I know this sounds crazy, but. Have you ever watched an actor that does a scene and it might be the most emotional scene in the world, like scenario. They're in the most emotional circumstance in the world and yet you're not crying. Have you ever, have you ever? Oh yeah. Okay. My best friend's an actress and she, uh, she was talking to me about this. So, you know, it's like the, 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 their child has leukemia, like in, in the film, hypothetically, like I'm just creating a scenario and you know, the, the parents are going through blah, blah, blah. And you're like, I don't understand. I don't know. I'm just not feeling this movie at all. Because we feel through other people sometimes. That's why we like movies. That's why we like like books. Because we're identifying with their emotion. But if that actor is in the scene, but they're not feeling it, they're not truly feeling those emotions, we're not going to either. But if you've watched an actor have a breakdown in a scene that might not even be that good, might not even be that compelling. The circumstance might not even be that deep. But if that actor is truly feeling it and they're they're in that moment, you're probably feeling it right there with them. It's right. like you're like, I don't know. I, I was so I need like, you somehow like I okay. get down deep inside. You gotta yeah, like when you're having and a very I guess just the way I come across sometimes. Okay. But but listen. You, anger is really just the cover. It masks sadness. Right. Yeah, okay. which I'm, I'm sad about the whole thing. Right. You know, okay. mechanism is just to get angry. So anger is your defense mechanism as well. So you're, you're not conveying your emotions because you're not truly feeling them because you're, you're mad. Of course, this is someone that's made you feel vulnerable. This is someone that's made you feel scared. This is someone that's made you feel helpless. Uh, you know, on, on some level, it's it's possible that it's even tapped into your self-worth where you wonder, like, why doesn't he want to do it for me? Um, yeah, like, what about our family? You know, yeah, and I, I know it sounds horrible. but It doesn't. Like, well, you know, like, we, what, you know, like, well, don't you love us enough? I mean, this is our family. Like, you don't want to do this? Like, not it's, for just yourself, but for all of us. But the truth is so that it's... Get, yeah. it's it's not about the reasons that he's not doing it are not about his his lack of love for you. It's about his lack of love for himself. But one of the things that that I want you to try is by opening up and being deeply emotional with him. Show him your feelings. You need to get raw with it. You need to experience how sad, how hurt, how scared you are and share that with him because the hope is that he'll truly feel it and it will help catalyze his uh his him taking that first step it's like if somebody loves you this much maybe you could love yourself you know just a fraction of that just to get him going uh but at right. the same time it also sounds like you know he's dealing with 
some depression, some depression if he's eating privately, if he's, you know. Well, and the thing, I think one of it, and I, I have a sign up in my gym, like at the house that says excuses don't equal results. And whatever, you know, he's, he does work a lot. And so time is one of his things too. And yeah, but you and I both like, know yeah, that's not why he's eating, eating in the car. And I think sometimes he just hasn't ate all day because he's been working like straight through lunch and then he'll just grab something and then he won't tell me about it. So then I'll make dinner and I'll eat twice. <laughs> right. Okay. You you need to open up that dialogue with him and you need to say to him, like he needs something that's going to boost his confidence and something that he can look forward to that isn't food related. So maybe right. after you have this conversation and he like, see if you can ask leading questions about like, you know, honey, where are you at with this? Like, I don't know that I can live like this anymore. Like real candid, honest conversations with emotion that can hopefully lead him to make this choice on his own that he wants to change and then help him because it sounds like he's turning to food for comfort and for pleasure. So give him right. things. You say, babe, what can we do that you're going to love? What can we do that you're going to look forward to that isn't food related? Really start to give him things that are life affirming that he can grab onto because it sounds like he's just overwhelmed with work. He's got this thing going on with his mother. He's probably feeling you know, depressed. He doesn't have time and the food is something that's comforting. It's something that is pleasurable, and it's something that, that he can look forward to. You need to create things like that for him that are not food-related. And it could be right. you know, maybe he loves bowling. Food. I don't know what it is, but that's a well, technique I know. that I you can practice. Well, I know. I would just work out with me. Nah. That would be my long-term goal. <laughs> well, but that's, that's, not, that's, not something that, that's something that's going to be know. a necessary evil. Find things that he loves to do that will replace the binging. Right. And his binging, as far as, like, that goes, is also he's been starting to drink a lot more. Yeah, honey, he's depressed. He is depressed. Yeah. He he might need counseling. You might want to—I don't know how he is about that. You know, people have their own issues, but he's depressed, sweetie. He needs it's a little help, and it's it's not about you, and it's not about being angry. I need you to find compassion. I get that you're angry because I get how it's making you feel, but I need you to put yourself in his shoes right now and really feel right. his emotions. This is a man, he's feeling depressed. He needs your he needs your empathy right now. He needs your compassion. Okay. And it'll help you get rid of that anger and get to your own feelings of love and concern. Because it's not because right. yeah, he doesn't sometimes love you. Anger, then I feel guilty because I'm being selfish. I'm you're like, not being selfish. What? You're not. You're, you're, you're justified. But if we want to get anywhere... You need to feel what he's feeling so that you understand him and you can help him. Because it's not, it's not, he's not lazy. There's no such thing as lazy. Lazy is a symptom of something else. So he is feeling depressed for various reasons. And he, he needs help right now. And you're, okay. you know, and, and that's how I want you to, to approach it. Like with pure compassion and emotion and love and, and, and just be, just lay it out on the table. And don't worry about the anger. That's normal. But remember that it's it's not because he doesn't love you. It's not because he's lazy. And the way you'll get around, you'll circumvent that anger, is by feeling, being able to feel the compassion for what he's going through. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. All right. We gotta we gotta end the show right now. Ending the show. The show's over. Oh. God. It's just warming up. Of course you are. Getting old. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Like a warrior that fights and wins the battle. I know the taste of victory. Though I 
like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger. I've been friends with her for 10 years. One of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore because it's here and it's funny. And I love you. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.